Failure, rejection, criticism, anxiety, trauma, and comparison are just some of the sources of deep insecurity that we all experience in life. Overconfidence might also be a sign that underneath all of the bravado you put on display is a weak and apprehensive person. Moses' insecurity was on full display when God called him at the burning bush. Who am I? is just one of the questions Moses asked. They won't listen to me, and I'm not a good speaker, were two more excuses he voiced. Finally, Moses said to God, send somebody else. The way to rebuild your confidence is by taking small steps of faith in God, even when your insecurities tell you to do otherwise. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. He was once a confident, at times arrogant, young man. Forty years later, on the west side of the wilderness, we find a man whose confidence is all but gone. Hello, I'm Brian Davis. Welcome into Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Today, Ron takes you to that west side story, to the burning bush where God places a calling on Moses' life. And Moses does everything he can to get out of it. Online, you'll find us at somethinggoodradio.org, where you can listen to the broadcast on your schedule. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast at Spotify, at Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get yours. From his teaching series, Cracked Pots, How the Glory of God Shines Through Our Brokenness, here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, Moses, Moments of Glory, Feet of Clay. The power of God's name and the power of his presence. The Lord says to Moses, you're not alone. And Moses, nobody, nobody's going to know who you are because all those people who remembered that you killed the Hebrew, guess what? They're dead now. Whole generation has passed. So you don't have to worry about if, if anybody knows Moses. Well, your job is for them to know me and to be my spokesperson. Which brings me to uh, the third excuse of Moses. He says, they won't listen to me. Chapter 4 and verse 1, and then Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. And the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? You know, Moses is going negative here, to be all uh, honest about it. And you know, there isn't a deliverer, or I'll say a leader worth his salt, that goes negative like this, who says, you know, it isn't going to work anyway, because they're not going to listen to me. I've learned over the years, a leader's first thought is always positive. Doesn't mean you bury your head in the sand and you don't listen to, you know, other opinions. But you'll never be a leader. You'll never be the deliverer God wants you to be if your first thought is negative. They won't listen to me. It won't work. We've done that before. It ain't going to work. <sighs> Frustrates me. So the Lord says to Moses, all right, what do you got in your hand? He says, well, a staff. All right, throw it on the ground. Throws it on the ground, turns into a snake. 
Then he reaches down and says, you know, pick, pick it up by the tail. Picks it up by the tail, turns into a staff again. The Lord's demonstrating His power. And I'm glad it was Moses and not me because I hate snakes. Oh, snakes and creepy crawly things and all those things that go bump in the night. I don't like those, but the Lord did this. And then He says, hey, Moses, let me see your hand. And He sticks out His hand. He says, put it inside your, your cloak. Then pull it out again. And His hand was leprous, just all the flesh eaten up and just hanging there on His hand. He says, put your hand back into your cloak. Now pull it out again. It's clean. See what I can do, Moses? You say they won't listen. You know, nothing is too difficult for me. Come on. And just in case they still won't listen, I'll tell you what you do when they, when they won't believe you and when they won't listen. Take a bucket and go down to the Nile River and scoop up some water and then pour it out in front. That water will become blood. See, not, nothing is too difficult for me, Moses. Absolutely nothing. So what's with the excuse? You would think that that would convince him. But he goes on one more. He has another excuse. Number four, he says, I'm not a good speaker. Verse 10, but Moses said to the Lord, oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. <laughs> I really have to throw the yellow flag on Moses here. Yeah, you've never been eloquent. Think about the Moses in the first 40 years of his life. He's in the best of schools, the best of training. He's being groomed for greatness right there in Pharaoh's household. Absolutely, they were teaching him how to speak. He was probably on the debate team. He had at least taken an advanced public speaking course to say, Moses, you know, I'm not eloquent either in the past or since you came to talk to me, Lord. All right, now his insecurities are beginning to tell him lies. That wasn't true in the past. The Moses at age 40 was bold. He was confident. He had an exaggerated self-confidence, but this is a guy who could stand up in front of people and, and, and use his words but it's taken 40 years to zap all of that out of him. And how does the Lord respond? Verse 11, then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Therefore, go, and I will be your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. <laughs> I love how the Lord is just kind of flexing his uh, creative muscles here and reminding Moses of the power to create. Kind of reminds me of how the Lord dealt with Job. Remember Job in the Old Testament? First couple chapters of Job, we get insight into uh, the devil who has proximity to the throne of God, and he says, I'm going to go after that guy, Job. The Lord says, fine, you can go after him you know, uh, in any way you want, just spare his life. And Job went through all kinds of pain and suffering. Chapters 2 through about 38 are these conversations that Job is having with his friends, you know, what friends he had. And they, they just basically came and said, Job, let me, let, let me tell you what a schluck you are, and this is why you're suffering the way you are. And it just goes on and on and on, sort of ad nauseum for, you know, 36 chapters or so until the Lord breaks the silence in verse or chapter 38. Who is this who darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? In other words, Job, shut up, sit down, and let me teach you a few things. 
Number one, where were you when I created the stars? Where were you when I created the ox and the lamb and made the ox lay down next to the manger? Ooh, a little Christmas foreshadowing there. Uh, where were you, uh, Moses, or uh, uh, Job, when I did this or that? Uh, Job, do you know where the storehouses of hail are? Do you know where I keep those? And the Lord spends about three or four chapters just flexing His cosmic and creative muscles and saying, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know. Moses, I created that tongue of yours. Don't, don't tell me you're not eloquent. Don't tell me you can't do this. I'm the potter and you're the clay. I made you for this. But he's feeling insecure. He, he doesn't want to be a, a public speaker. And then um, we come to his fifth excuse. And Moses, if you can believe it, after all this, looks at the Lord and says, send somebody else. Verse 13, but he said, oh, my Lord, please send somebody else. I mean, three words that you never want to say to the Lord, send somebody else. And he even puts a little sugar on top and says, please. And look at the next verse. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. Up to this point, I think the Lord's been pretty patient with Moses. He's been coaching him. He's been rehabilitating. I mean, he knows where Moses has been. He knows he's feeling insecure. He's 80-year-old he's Moses. Doesn't have as much skip in his get-along anymore. And yeah, he just, he's just lacking in confidence. But don't ever say to me, send somebody else. That kindles the Lord's anger. Because Moses, you're my marked man. You've been a marked man since the moment I began knitting you together in your mother's womb. I have a plan for you. I'm the potter. You're the clay. You're my marked man. Now, there was a time, Moses, you weren't ready. You had more schooling, and you've been in the school of hard knocks and the school of monotony and the school of all that on the backside of the desert. Now, now, now you're ready. Now you're ready to move from an exaggerated self-confidence to a God-confidence, to putting your security and your confidence in me and in me alone. But do not say to me, send somebody else. And here what I, I, I suggest is Moses received um, a lesson in, in the power of restrained anger. Because the Lord could have laid him pretty low here, but he really doesn't. It says, then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I, I, I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart, and you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and will teach you both what to say. And he shall speak for you to the people, and he shall be your mouth, and you shall be as God to him. And <laughs> Don't you love that? I mean, restrained anger. And the Lord says, all right, Moses, you can, you can tell me, send somebody else. No, I'm going to send somebody with you as we continue to rehabilitate you know, your confidence and your insecurity. And we're going to use your brother, Aaron. 
Still ahead, the second half of today's Something Good radio message with Dr. Ron Jones. Something new is happening at Something Good. Earlier this year, we released a brand new streaming platform for Something Good Radio and Something Good Television, or what we're calling SGTV. There, you'll also find Something Good Travel, Something Good Courses, and the new Something Good Digital Library, where you can search for biblical answers to your questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry. Watch, listen, and download for free and when it's convenient for you. That and a lot more is available now at somethinggoodradio.org. And remember, when you send a special gift today, we'll say thank you with a gift of our own. The complete audio download of the series you're hearing now, Cracked Pots, How the Glory of God Shines Through Our Brokenness. Donate online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. Now here's Ron with the second half of today's Something Good radio message, Moses, Moments of Glory, Feet of Clay. From this point forward in the book of Exodus and in the life and journeys of of Pharaoh or of uh, Moses even before Pharaoh, initially you find Moses and Aaron in the presence of Pharaoh and Aaron's doing the talking, but in time, uh, Aaron fades away. And the Moses that we remember, this great hero of the faith, is the one that we, we hear him say to Pharaoh, let my people go. But before that, it was Aaron with some high-pitched voice, I'm sure, saying, let my people go. No, I don't know what it was, but, but Aaron was the spokesperson And in time, in time, through some small steps, God rehabilitated um, Moses to where he could stand with a properly infused God confidence to get the job done. His confidence was no longer in himself, but in the Lord. Um, I'm running out of time, so I'm going to just skip to this part right now. We'll finish up a little bit differently. I have a quiz for you. All right, sorry. I know it's church. You weren't expecting a quiz this morning. Take out your notes. I call it the confidence quiz. Take out a piece of paper. It's quiz time. It's pop quiz time. Don't look at me like that. Come on now. All right, question number one, real simple, just true-false here. A person with an exaggerated self-confidence has difficulty walking by faith in God. True or false? Yeah, that's, that's true. I think that was Moses at the age of 40. Exaggerated self-confidence, too confident in himself and his experiences. Number two, a person with low self-confidence has an easier time walking by faith in God. True or false? Yeah, you wonder about that. I'd say false. It's not necessarily true that if you have a low self-confidence and insecurities, it's easier to walk. Moses proved that true at the age of 80, right? Number three, humility is the antidote to an exaggerated self-confidence. Yeah, I think so. Moses wasn't ready at the age of 40. It took 40 years of pretty humbling kind of work, work that he was um, underpaid for and overqualified for. 40 years of it to humble this man 
until he was useful in the hands of God. Number four, the way to rebuild your confidence is by taking small steps of faith in God. I think that's true. And this is what the Lord did, starting with, okay, we'll put, we'll put Aaron next to you. And there were some small steps, small steps until one day Aaron fades out. And the Moses that we all know, this great hero of the faith, begins to emerge. Now, he still had cracks. He was still a cracked pot. Later, into the wilderness wandering years, Moses had a temper. You know, there's one time where the Lord says, okay, you need some water. Moses, take that staff, strike the rock. He struck the rock. Wow, water flows. And the people are like, oh, Moses, you know. And then later, same thing. They needed some water. Now Moses, speak to the rock. And he was mad at the Israelites for something. He took his staff, struck the rock. Water didn't flow. And his short temper kept him from going into the promised land. The Lord said, you won't take him in. Joshua will. So he, he, he was a cracked pot in a lot of different ways. But now I want to go back to Hebrews chapter 11 for just a moment. Remember the summation of Moses' life? Just that little, you know, snippet, that highlight reel. Not a single mention of any of the insecurities, not a single mention of the murder or, you know, the temper or uh, any of the, you know, bantering back and forth with God about this. No mention of send somebody else. Why? Because, you know, if you, if you take a snapshot of your life or mine at any given point, that snapshot doesn't necessarily define you. God is looking at the larger arc of your life and mine, and He looks at the larger arc of Moses, and He is described as a great hero of the faith despite being a cracked pot, despite his insecurities, despite his excuses, despite his temper, despite, despite all, despite the murder of the past. And Moses goes into the final third of his life. Think about, you know, the span of his life. It takes two-thirds of his life to prepare him for one-third of deliverance, what God had really marked him out to do. That's always the balance. Think of Jesus, 30 years of life for three years of ministry. You may still be in God's schoolhouse somewhere. There, there, there's something He's working out in your life and shaping you and molding you. Uh, there may be some dross He's trying to carve off your life, maybe some exaggerated self-confidence. Maybe He's dealing with some insecurity in ways that the world never understands. Your own family doesn't even understand what you're going through right now, but God does. He's marked you. He's called you. He's sending you somewhere. He has a plan for you. Last thing you want to tell Him is, send somebody else. For the believer in Jesus Christ, it's always, here am I, Lord, send me. And do whatever it takes in me to, to take everything in me that is not rightly related to you, everything in me that would become a stumbling block for whatever you've called me to do to fulfill that, prepare me, Lord. I'm willing to go to school for as long as it takes for whatever service that you have planned for me. And here am I, Lord. Send me, school me, prepare me, Search me, O God, and know my heart, the psalmist says. Try me and know 
my wicked ways and see if there is any wicked way in me, then lead me in the way everlasting. There was a lot of trying, there was a lot of testing, there was a lot of schooling that had to go on in Moses' life before God finally said, okay, now you're ready. And for the next 40 years of his life, he, he led them around this wilderness, right up to the edge of the promised land. Thanks so much for joining us for today's Something Good radio message, Moses, Moments of Glory, Feet of Clay. Ron, the story of Moses has always fascinated me. From confidence to brokenness, back to confidence. But the second time around, his confidence was in someone else, wasn't it? That's right, Brian. You know, as a young man, Moses' confidence was in himself. And I think many of us understand what that is like. And for a guy like Moses, with his pedigree, his good looks, his status, well, it's understandable that he would be highly confident, maybe even a bit arrogant. When he killed the Egyptian who was beating the Hebrew slave, Moses fled the country and lived in isolation for 40 years on the backside of the desert. His confidence turned into brokenness. But here's the problem, Brian. Even then, he still thought his confidence was supposed to be in himself. Look no further than a couple of objections to God's calling on Moses' life. Who am I? Moses asks. And then he says, uh, they won't believe me. You see, he was still looking to himself for confidence. He was still looking at his own ability or lack thereof. And because of his mistakes, he had no confidence left. When your confidence is in self and you let down yourself, you have nowhere to go to regain that confidence. But now after God gets a hold of him, fast forward to the day Moses brought down the Ten Commandments from Mount Sinai. Number four on the list was, thou shalt not kill. If Moses' confidence was still in himself, he would have had some real trouble taking that one down to the Israelites. You can almost hear him say, how can I, a murderer, tell all these people not to kill? Send someone else. But not this time, Brian. Moses' confidence was now firmly rooted in who God is, and he had become a great leader as a result. Quickly now, and in the interest of time, uh, let me just offer a practical application. Every pastor, every teacher, every parent, uh, we are all charged with the responsibility of preaching or teaching the truth, even though we cannot flawlessly execute that truth in our own lives. If our confidence is in ourselves, we'll never be the best pastor or teacher or parent we can be. Uh, We won't speak the truth boldly because we'll feel guilty or judgmental or maybe even a bit arrogant for telling people to avoid some of the very things we have done in the past. But if our confidence is in the God who gave us these roles, then anything is possible. When he is the source of our security and confidence, we can lead, teach, and parent with boldness, knowing that God's power is the treasure inside of us, and it can shine through our brokenness. Thanks for sharing those words of wisdom with us, Ron. So tomorrow, we go from Moses to another famous cracked pot, Jacob. Tell us a little bit about that message, which begins tomorrow here on Something Good Radio. Well, Brian, you might call it the first wrestling match. Long before WrestleMania came along in the 1980s with Hulk Hogan and Mr. T, well, there was Jacob wrestling with God beside the river Jabbok. 
Now, if you remember, Jacob was a cheater. He was a trickster, a liar, a manipulator. Uh, That's kind of how he worked his way through life. Jacob didn't start very well, but he ended well. And his new direction began right there, 4,000 years ago on the banks of the River Jabbok, when he wrestled with God and lived. Now, we all know Jacob as a hero of the faith, and certainly he became one. But Jacob was a cracked pot, just like the rest of us. And we'll get into his story next time as I continue my series, Cracked Pots, How the Glory of God Shines Through Our Brokenness. Join us then for Something Good when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, Jacob, Wrestling with God. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.